The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio Digital Media. Brought to you by Brown and Wood, Buick GMC, Cadillac and Mazda. Hey, Pirate Nation, this is Tom Brown from Brown and Wood Buick GMC Truck. We've been serving the Pirate Nation in eastern North Carolina for 83 years. We have four brands, three generations, two showrooms, and one goal, to make sure you leave a happy customer. We're located on Greenville Boulevard next to the convention center, or shop us online at brownandwoodauto.com. The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. This is Eastern North Carolina's longest-running sports radio call-in show. The Brian Bailey Show is on the air. The Brian Bailey Show on Pirate Radio is brought to you by Angus Grill, Boston Sug Furniture, Bojangles, East Coast Grady, The Gavigan Agency, Greenville Auto World, Papa John's, Pepsi, Seared Chop House, Tap Taft and Hagler, Tiebreakers, BMS Builders, and the Rick House. And now, here's Brian Bailey. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome into our show. We've got a great show planned for you. East Carolina Pirate football just days away from the opener against Appalachian State coming up on September the 2nd in Charlotte at Bank of America Stadium. Mike Houston, the head football coach at East Carolina, joins us in our first half hour. In the back half hour, we've got the new golf coach in his third tenure at East Carolina, one of the best guys around in Kevin Williams. So that's coming up in just a bit. It's a big Monday. We're glad you're starting your sports week with us. And we're back with more on the Brian Bailey Show after this. You're listening to the Brian Bailey Show. Now, back to Brian. All right, welcome back to our show on this Monday. Head Coach Mike Houston joins us now to talk about camp and to preview the 2021 college football season. First of all, Coach, you got to feel good that we're going to have a 2021 season, and it looks like things, they're not totally back to normal, but we're getting close. No, I mean, it's uh, certainly you know a lot different than it was last year, so excited for that. And, you know, it's been good to have a fairly normal camp, and, uh, you know, our, our kids did a great job with vaccination and uh, put us in a real good spot. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a little nervous with uh, the student body coming back and, uh, you know, 30,000, you know, students back in uh, Greenville this week. So, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll you know, talking to our kids about continuing to be safe, even though we've been vaccinated, uh, you know, just to try to prevent us uh, running into an issue where, you know, we don't have somebody because that, that was really the worst part last year. You're going to have injuries. You're going to have stuff like that. But, you know, the COVID stuff just took things to a whole other level, you know, with how it just it would wipe out, you know, multiple guys each week so um you know glad glad that things are different this year what are the protocols as far as if you are vaccinated how often do you have to get tested um you don't um unless you uh unless you display symptoms um and you know and if you you are a deemed a close contact with uh someone that does test positive uh then then you'll be tested you know three to five days out after that so you know it's not not nearly as um, you know, not ne- nearly as much as last year. We still got to deal with it though, and so we're, we you know we do have some protocols that we're going to follow, uh, even though we are vaccinated. The other day we asked about the high school football season getting started, and I really I saw your eyes light up, kind of like mine does do with high school football. But you know, it, it's such a a fabric of our sports society. Every small town has a team, and and just getting back started. And for you guys, 
there was no high school football last fall, and then recruiting was kind of weird in the spring, and you couldn't get out sometimes, and you could get out sometimes. So you know now high school football is back, and I think you're excited about that as well. Yeah, and it's it's I think it's great for local communities. Um, it's it's great for the you know the kids, the parents, uh, just everybody. And uh, you know I have great memories of, of playing high school football and coaching high school football. And there's nothing like you know Friday night under the lights and you know the community. You know, you know where I where I grew up. You know, everybody, you know, everything shut down. Everybody was everybody was at the stadium. You know, and it's just just the you know, the spirit. Uh, you know, of the community is just so special. And you know, it's great around here. We have great high school football here in Greenville, uh, and just the rivalries. You know, you know, whoever you're talking about, it's just great to have that back. And you know, hopefully, uh, you know, everything goes smooth. Where you know, recruiting wise, we'll be able to. You know, get out on the road and and be at games. And I've already told you know our open week. I want to make sure I try to make it to the you know the, the local high school games here and and just uh, you know be able to see some see some action locally again. What was your best game as a high school football player? What was your best game, best memory? I don't know. Probably uh, the last game I played uh, at in Franklin High School Stadium. Uh, we upset like the number five team in the in the state that night, and I had a real good game defensively, and so. Uh, that's that's the one you remember. You don't remember the other ones. So. <laughs> you certainly don't remember the other ones. All right, let's talk pirate football and, and and this squad. Camp has gone really well for you guys. You've talked about it so much. How hard the guys have worked. Camp is a grind, though, isn't it? It is, and it's uh, you know it's just it's it's long. It's just us. Um, you know, it's uh, every day you're up early. Uh, you're you leave late. Uh, you're not, you're not getting as much sleep as you normally do, and. Um, you know, it's long days, and you know the kids. Uh, it's it's demanding on them physically. It's demanding on them mentally, and so you got to really, you know, stress taking care of their bodies, getting rest when they, you know, they have opportunities during the day. You know, getting in bed early at night. You know, being being you know on it when they get here. You know, the next morning, um, and you know we push them hard. Uh, these kids practice hard, and so it's when we're out there, it's it's full speed, uh, and I think it's been a really good camp. Uh, I'm happy with the progress we've made. Uh, we still have some work to do before the opener, um, but I think it's uh, it's it's you know last year nothing's ever going to be like that. I mean that's yeah. it was just crazy. But you know you compare it to 2019 to now. I mean it's it's night and day. I mean it's we we look like an AAC football team. We practice you know like a, an AAC football team, and it's uh, you know it's it's just a lot of fun. Is that the difference between the experienced players and the and the freshmen and, and that kind of thing? Just just how they handle camp because those guys have been through the wars. They understand what it's all about. I mean, there's no substitute for experience, and that's why, you know, this this program, this team, will only continue to improve. You know, everybody knows how young we were last year. Well, if you're the if you're the second youngest team in the country last year, and you know everybody's got their COVID seniors, you know we're we ain't much we ain't much higher than that this year. But they've been through a season, uh, and certainly we have experienced players like Holt Nailers, uh, like Bruce Bivens, like Miles Berry, Sweet, we have Sean Bailey, Fernando Front. We have some older, experienced players. Their leadership is is very important. But uh, you know, it's the young guys have a hard time with it. I mean, it's 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 a big a big drop off when you look at our returning players versus the incoming freshmen. The incoming freshmen have really, and it's not their fault. It's just it's just reality of what it is. They have struggled. You know, they've struggled because now all of a sudden, like I said, you know, we look like a legitimate AAC team. We practice that way, and you can't go from being a high school kid to, 
to that. I mean, it's just that's a big jump. So that's a good thing. Let's talk about the offense a little bit. Starts with Holt Nailers, and uh, you kind of knew what you were getting when you got here as far as the quarterback position goes. He's grown a lot, matured a lot, and, and he's one of your team leaders. And he needs to be really good for this team to have success, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, he's he's a good player. I mean, he's he is he is our starting quarterback. You know, he's he has the ability to go out and have, you know, a dominant performance. Um, you know, the thing that we've worked on in the off season is just understanding that, you know, the difference now is he's not the only one out there. You know, we have good we have good quality players at all the stand up positions. So he's not alone. You know, he's got a, a solid offensive line. Uh he's not running for his life. Um and so it's uh, it's him just you know, when he is on rhythm and in sync and, and playing in the flow of the offense, I mean, he can he can torch it up now. Uh and he can get us in the right plays and he can put the ball where it needs to be. Uh just really have stressed with him decision making and not trying to do too much. You know, when a play breaks down uh, you know, don't force it. Uh, when something's not there, it's okay to run it or throw it away. You know, it's so. Uh, and so, those are the those are the big things we want to see improvement on. You know, when we when we line up September second. You know, throughout the fall. Is that a byproduct of him being from here and feeling like he has to lead this team because he's from here and and he wants nothing more than to take this team to a bowl game and he wants nothing more than to have that. But but he can't do if he does too much, bad things happen. Well, that's that's, that's it. You know, nobody wants to win more than he does. Right. And uh, you know, and he, you know, he put up just you know, crazy numbers when he's a high school, when he's a high school player. I mean, it's one of the top careers in the history of the state. Uh, and he's put up some huge numbers with us, and uh, he can do a lot. And it's just understanding, you know, when it's too much, and that's 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 the tough thing, you know. It's so it's uh, it's something he's very aware of, and he's been very conscientious of, and and uh, you know, it's something that Donnie and I talked to him about a lot. You know, I think when you first came here, you said we want to run the football, and we've heard that before. With, you know, coaches coming in, we want to run the football, but we all kind of knew Mike Houston was going to run the football. And you look, you got two outstanding running backs, the offensive line is coming together, and this team will run the football. Yeah, we want to be balanced. You know, it's not that I don't want to throw it. Right. It's just that, uh, you know, I, I, in order to win, uh, you got to be able to run the football. And uh, you know, I want to win. And so, uh, the better we can run the ball, the better we're going to be throwing the ball. And uh, we want to be very, very balanced. I think that uh, Holton does a great job of running our offense. Uh, I, I love our two tailbacks. I think we have two starting tailbacks, and I'd, I'd, I'd take them every day of the week. You know, it's uh, it, we're really, really fortunate. And I think we've got really quality tight ends. Uh, I think we're really good in the receiver room. And so I think that you have an offense now that, you know, you can stress defenses uh, vertically, horizontally, running the ball, throwing the ball, everything. Yeah, when you look at the running back, it's hard to get two that are that good together because when the recruiting process is going on, people are looking around, and then you get them in, and, and things usually flare out. But these these are two outstanding players. Well, they're two outstanding kids. Yeah. I mean, strong character, and you, and you, everybody's everybody watched it last year. You know, they were they were the fourth and the fifth guy. You know, you know this time last year, and you know they earned the right to be on that field. And when they got on the field, they played. And, uh, you know, they, they, they both elevated themselves to be the one and the two. Now, not everybody in that room could handle it. You know, some people just don't handle that stuff. Um, but, you know, around here, you know, we, you earn your position. And uh, the guys that earn it in practice, the, those are the ones that play on game day. And then uh, that's, those two kids did that. And the, 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 the great thing about it is both of them want to be the guy. Both of them have the character 
to play with another guy that also wants to be the guy. You know, they both pull for each other, and that's I think we have a rare combination there with two you know high high end players that have the the moral fabric in them to be able to play together. As good as Keaton Mitchell is and Roger Harris, you know those two playing together in the backfield with your tight end situation, wide receivers. Does Holton have more of a chance to call the play at the line of scrimmage? Is 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 that part of the the look now that that he's he's given a lot of responsibility there to put you guys in a play that's going to succeed? Yeah, I mean we we've, we've given him a lot of flexibility. You know it's uh, he's handled it very well. Uh, he's a smart smart guy. You know they're going to see a lot of. You know, check check stuff at the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, getting us in the right play, um, and that and that and that goes a long ways towards uh, you know being successful offensively. You know, you have a lot. It's a lot easier to make good decisions if you're in the right play. So, uh, it's a luxury to have us again to have an experienced quarterback. It's a luxury. How important is the tight end position to this offense now? Because it's it's a position since you've gotten here that's kind of evolved. When you first got here, there weren't any tight ends in the program hardly, and now you've got some guys, and it looks like that that's going to be a real you know dominant part of the offense. It's going to be a big part of our offense, and we have a lot of depth there in that position, and they're all different. You know that's the good thing. You know you have you have guys that can be you know really can give you problems in the passing game. Uh, catching the ball, you have guys that are you know really good putting their hand on the ground and being a, almost like an extra offensive tackle. You know you have guys that are really like a, a, a fullback moving around. Uh, so you're going to see us play a lot of different combinations. You know you can get in a, a situation where you can have two tight ends or three tight ends in a ball game and be throwing the ball. Right. You know because we do have guys that do a good job of uh, you know in the receiving in the receiving game. So uh, I like that room a lot. You know again another another positive is. You know, there's there's a lot of youth in that room that has ability. So it's not like this is a one-year thing. You're going to have those guys for a couple of years. At wide receiver, we talk about Tyler Snead and just what he's all about, and and he he can drive a defense absolutely crazy, can he? Well, he's you know he's the the Mr. Reliable. You know what you're going to get every single day, and uh, he's a proven commodity. You know, he he does it all. He, he's a great player in special teams, punt return, kick return. You know, he's a guy in the slot that uh, you know can can really you know make a lot of plays over the middle. You know, he's a matchup problem for safeties and linebackers. And the the great thing is he and Holton are are in sync. You know, on the same page. You know, so so well. So. Uh, you know that's that's a guy that, that Holton always knows he can depend on. Is he the type of guy that can come back to the huddle every play and say, "Man, I was wide open. What are you doing?" Well, yeah, he he's he's the kind of guy that uh, he, he ain't gonna come out of the game. You know, he he wants to play every play, and wants the ball anytime he can get it. So you know, he, he's I'm glad I'm glad we got him. How much will he see action on special teams because he is so good? But there's a fine line between playing on special teams and what you can do on offense. Well, I mean, he's gonna be our returner, right. so. Uh, you know, it's I'd, I'd be a fool to put anybody else back there uh, because you know, anytime anytime they kick it to him, that's another chance for him to touch the ball. C.J. Johnson looks good, and I think there's a kid also from D.H. Conley, also from the area, that maybe has a little pressure on him, and I think maybe he's grown a lot over the last year or so. Well, he's matured a lot, yeah. and he's you know he's in the best shape that he's been in since I've been here, um, and you know he did a really good job this off season with his body. He's running really well. He's had a good camp. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really excited for his season. He's he's doing a much better job with just you know habits and 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 he's matured emotionally. So uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited for his season. Now, he's no he's no secret. So you know, he's not going to sneak up on anybody. So you know, he's still going to have to 
you know, have that maturity on game day because people are going to get in his face and try to get under his skin and try to mess with him. So, uh, but you know, when he's on, it's 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 like we're talking about with Snead. When he's on, he has such good, you know, just connection sync with Holton uh, that you know he can he can give people problems. And that's got to be really difficult for CJ because guys will try to get in their heads and. You know, a lot of chippiness and yep. chatter and that kind of thing, and somehow, you know, and the mature players are able to to put that aside. Right. But but it's it's just hard sometimes. Well, I think that's where he's grown. Yeah. Um. You know, I think he's he, he's you just can't let it get personal, and you can't you can't let a personal battle impact you and how you play. And so it's trying to separate that from playing the game, and it's hard. Okay, but it's something that uh, you know we've talked to him a lot about, and I've seen. I've seen evidence of this fall in camp, um, him doing a much better job handling it. Before we go to defense, let's talk about Donnie Kirkpatrick, your offensive coordinator. What do you guys talk about, you know, as far as pregame and as far as putting the game plan together? Well, I mean, it's, you know, he puts the game plan together, he and the offensive staff. You know, um, I'll give my input, you know, if there's something that I either, A, are seeing with us on the field that I want to do differently or, you know, B, you know, some, you know, we need to make sure we're getting touches here, touches here, touches here, or if I see something with the opposing defense, um, you know, I'll, I'll watch film with both sides. But, uh, you know, my, my, my input offensively is not, not as much as it is defensively. All right, let's go to the defensive side of the football with uh, Coach Blake Carroll. Uh, how pleased have you been with what he's been able to do so far? Extremely. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we made, uh, you know, a 10-point-per-game improvement last year. Uh, in scoring defense and uh, a significant improvement just in uh, productivity. So um, it's not where we want to be yet, uh, but, you know, again, they're all back. You know, so last year, you know, he didn't have a spring. He didn't have, you know, a, a normal summer. So he had to install and do everything on the fly with a very, very young defense. Well, now they're all back, so they're a year older. Uh, he's got some experience. Um, the second year in the system for all these players. So, you know, it's... It's a situation where he's much more comfortable, the players are much more comfortable, and they're really playing fast. And we're finally looking like the team that I talked about us, what I wanted us to be when I got here in 19. You know, we're a very physical defense that uh, that, that loves to run and hit. And so we're going to be fun to watch on game day. And it had to be very difficult trying to install a defense via Zoom and, and teams and all that that stuff with video. And, and it's just, you know, it's just not the same. Well, no, no, nothing was easy the first couple of years here, so it's uh, you know it's 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 a deal that you're you're you, when you take the job, you know you have you have to fix the roster, you have to fix the culture, you have to you know change mindsets and change habits and and still and still you know certain core values, and you can't do that through Zoom, and so you know the pandemic year really set us back with our development. You know it's. You know, normally you would have that second year you can really get into the nuts and bolts of forming the team. Um, you know, you just can't do that you know, if you're not face-to-face. And so uh, I'd say we're light years uh, from where we were last year. What is the strength of this defense? Because if you look at different players, yeah, I like the linebacker core. I like Bruce Bibbins a lot. I like right. Xavier Smith. I mean, those are good players, but you've got good guys in the defensive secondary. You've got good guys on the line. Well, I think, you know, the, the thing about the linebacking core is they're older and they're experienced. So the combination of, of Bivens, uh, Miles Berry, Xavier Smith, Aaron Ramsour, you know, you have four guys that have played a lot of ball. So, you know, you're going to see us try to play those guys a lot together. 
uh, you know, the Taylor Jacksons, the Eric Doctors, you know, those guys, Jacoby Simpson, you know, they can continue to develop. They can play, you know, some, but you're not putting a ton of weight on them. So I think that is probably our, our, our strength is the experience in that room. I love our secondary. You know, our secondary has come so far. You know, when I got here, we couldn't we couldn't play any pass defense in this league. <clears throat> now, you got a bunch of guys that can match up. I feel like with anybody in the league, and they're good open field tacklers, and they're extremely aggressive. I love their mindset, and uh, you know, I'm, and I'm pleased with our D line, the progress we're making there. You know, that bunch is still young. Now, it's they were all freshmen last year. <laughs> they're they're, they're second year players. But uh, you know they've they've improved drastically. They you know they're ready for game day now, and and we finally have the size uh, to look like the other teams we play. And you have to kind of get lucky, I think, in recruiting as well. Elijah's a great example because he came in, and I don't think you guys thought you know a lot he was going to help right away, and he did last year, and and he's he may turn into a cornerstone. Well, I mean, <clears throat> he is. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a he's a walk on. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've the stories. We joke about it all the time. I mean, I barely knew his name this time last year. I and so I used to call him 60. Yeah. Uh, 60 keeps showing up on film. So he's a 90 now, so he's happy about that. He doesn't have to wear 60 <laughs> anymore. Right. And he's a scholarship player now. And uh, But, you know, he's we talk about it. He's the standard. I mean, his effort, his toughness, you know, just the, the intensity he plays with, you know, he makes himself a much better player than what his God-given ability is. And it really is a great example for those other guys. You talked about the improvement on defense from year one and year two. How much can this defense improve in year three? Significantly. Yeah. You know, I, ex- I expect it to. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to see us against App because that's a, a huge test in game one against a veteran senior-laden offense that's had a lot of success. You know, you're seeing a thousand-yard running back uh, behind an experienced offensive line with senior receivers. So. We're going to be tested, so we'll find out a lot about ourselves that first week. How about your specialists? Where are you standing right now with the specialists with a week and a half to go before your first game? Well, I mean, I think we have very solid, experienced, uh, proven guys punting. You know, both John and Luke are good enough to be starting punters in this league. Um, <clears throat> the kicking game, you know, it'll. I feel very good about those guys. They've really, you know, the competition has been much better than I'd expected. Um, you know, I think you know Owen being a second-year guy has a little bit of an edge, um, and then you know long snappers. You're going to see a combination of a couple of guys there handling those duties. All right, it's Monday, so you guys don't have a game coming up this week, but next Thursday, a week from this Thursday, you open up in Charlotte against Appalachian State. Take us through this week. What you're trying to accomplish this week, starting with this Monday? Well, I mean, the big you're trying to accomplish a couple of things. One, you're going to begin your preparations for App. Um, so you can get a little bit of a uh, head start on them this week. Uh, really, the tail end of this week is game week. You know, fr- Friday is Sunday, you know, because we play on Thursday. So Friday is Sunday, Saturday is Monday, Sunday is Tuesday. You know, so it's, you know, you got to get ready for game week, you know, at the beginning of this week. So it's a combination of getting a head start on the app and, uh, and, and getting, getting fresh, you know, getting recovery, getting our legs back up underneath us uh, because we need to be the fastest team on the field down in Charlotte. Have you seen the guys with a look in their eyes of last week at camp that, hey, camp's almost over, I mean, school's getting ready to start, you know, things get back to normal as far as football, you've got a game to get ready for. I mean, those are the hard things about you know, camp. When you first start camp, it looks like that game is like eight months away. It's not that far away, but it maybe seems like when you're in, in the middle of camp. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah they're, I mean, they're excited about playing a game. That's what they're excited about. They've practiced enough. 
Um, so, you know, it's game week will be here before we know it. Um, yeah, I'm sure they're excited about all the students coming back. I've cautioned them on some of that <laughs> stuff. So, you know, we, we talk we talk about being good with our eyes. So you gotta be careful. You gotta be careful. You get a lot of people walking around campus now. So, but uh, it's good. It's you know, we all we all know what a college experience should be like. Um, you know, I think they were robbed last year uh, of a year of college experience. We know what East Carolina University is like. We know what game day is like with Pirate Nation. So it's just I'm I'm excited that they you know, have that back. And uh, I think we're all looking forward to September 2nd down in Charlotte. And, uh, you know, it'll be great to be back on the field competing. Final thought, the uh, early scouting report on Appalachian State. You talked about that they've got a lot of experience coming back. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, this is a program that's won at a very high level. You know, they've, uh, this, this, this bunch were playing September 2nd. I mean, they've, in the last couple of years, they've knocked off, you know, South Carolina, North Carolina, you know, a lot of, a lot of the Power 5 guys. And, uh, you know, it's a, a a program that these seniors are probably going to leave, you know, winning, you know, a 10-game average every year they've been there. So it's a veteran uh, veteran roster of proven winners. So it's a tremendous challenge and uh, a great a great opening game for us. I think it can develop into a great in-state rivalry. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, we're going to have our hands full. So it's, it's a game I know we're going to play well, uh, but we'll have to play very well to win. I know you're looking forward to seeing all the fans from Greenville and all over North Carolina to gathering in Charlotte for that first game. Oh, and I, we're going to have a bunch of pirates there, and uh, you know I've got a it being you know closer to Western North Carolina, I've got a, a pretty big bunch of uh, you know family and friends that are going to be there. So uh, I'm sure App will bring a huge crowd also. So it'll be I would I would expect it's going to be a great environment down there in Bank of America Stadium. Looking forward to it. Should be a lot of fun. Thursday night football, ESPN coverage, so should be great. The Pirates and the Mountaineers. Coach, thanks so much. Glad you survived camp okay, and we're looking forward to the season. Yeah, looking forward to it too. Can't wait to see uh, our fans, you know, back out in the stands. So, uh, you know, we'll see you a week from Thursday. Go Pirates. All right, that's head coach Mike Houston. We're back with more on our show after this. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show. Now, back to Brian. Hi, welcome back on this Monday. As promised, up next, the new golf coach in East Carolina. His third tenure with the Pirates is Kevin Williams. Kevin, welcome to the show today. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate you having me on. Great to hear from you again. I haven't seen you since you've gotten back in town, but I'm sure we'll get together. I'm sure I'll have a hook or a slice that needs to be worked out, and I'll call you and bug you about it. But uh, welcome back. Uh, how excited are you to be, to be back? I'm really excited to be back. It's, you know, it's pretty neat to be able to come back. I started with men's golf, uh, my first tenure here, uh, first then here. And, and so being able to come back, uh, almost coming full circle and, and starting out with, with the men's team again, it's just, uh, it's really exciting to me. Now, you left East Carolina to become an assistant coach of the women's program at South Carolina, a dominant type program. How does, has that helped you as far as your career goes? Well, you know, I think it was, it was a move uh, for me, Brian, just to kind of I, – I, I told John and uh, John Gilbert and, and Ryan Robinson when we were talking about it, I said what it allowed me to do is do an evaluation of myself as a coach, uh, my coaching style, how I think it fits uh, with today's game, so to speak. And even though it was on the women's side, you know, I, I came out of that two-year experience feeling really confident in my ability to coach 
uh, and the impact that can make for student athletes in a, in a college setting. And so I, I'm, that's, I'm, you know, what I learned there and it was a few things, you know, and hopefully she learned a few things from me, but I think more than anything, it just gave me more confidence in, uh, the things that I believe in as a coach, uh, and how we run the program. And, and so that was, that's, obviously what I'm going to bring back to the program uh, here for the men's team. You know, we talk a lot about how things have changed with coaches and players, you know, in, in all sports. And golf is, is a little different, I would think, as far as being a coach. But how have things changed, you know, from your time in, in the late 90s, early 2000s to now in being a coach? Well, I, I think it's, it's changed in more social media than anything. Everything's about a quick fix, uh, you know, and so everything is out, out in the open and out in the public. And I think that's the biggest thing from a student athlete standpoint. Uh, you know, as far as golf is concerned, it's mainly the ball just goes forever. I mean, these guys hit it forever. And that's the big thing when I've noticed recruiting this last, um, you know, six weeks, that's the biggest change I see from when I used to coach men's golf before but to me the biggest change as far as coaching is just the social media aspect of it uh, communication is still the same whether you're coaching the men's team or women's team that's your, that's your lifeline you've got to be able to communicate with your players let them understand the expectations you have for each one of them as well as for the program you know, we don't talk much about, you know, the way you guys coach. And I think it's kind of interesting because it's, it's a little different than, you know, we see football games on TV and you know, timeouts. We see, you know, basketball games, baseball games, you know, with, with, with coaches and managers, how they, they, they orchestrate the game. But in golf, when you guys go to a match and you're, you're riding around, uh, you know, keeping up with different players, what are some of the things that you do while you're doing all that? Well, uh... This is probably the thing that I hope Kalen, uh, my coach in South Carolina, learned from me is, uh, you know, we both believed in having them really prepared prior to getting to the event. Uh, I thought the thing that Kalen struggled with a little bit is she was very anxious during tournament competition. Uh, did, you know, had a lot of things to say to the player sometimes, you know, too much. And, and I think they, uh, some players like that. Some players didn't. And, you know, one of the big things I talked to her about is just taking a step back, you know, let them come to you a little more. And, and so that's, that's the thing that I feel like uh, my philosophy is, let's coach them up prior to the competition. And then my, my, as I told Mike Taylor, our, our assistant, we want to be their support. If they need us, we're there for them. We can step in and help them in a situation or, uh, you know, club choice, whatever it may be. But our thing is let's watch. Let's obviously be there if they need us, but take a little bit more of a, uh, kind of like Steve Logan used to, right? He'd take a kneel down the yeah. line. You know, he was coaching. Yeah. He was, just, he was taking in the game, right, Brian? Right. He was just, and then stepping in when he needed to step in. And I'd say that's kind of, you know, the philosophy I have as far as when we go to tournament. I like our players to make mistakes. I mean, that's the only way you learn. You right. learn from your mistakes. And I'm, I'm an aggressive coach. I like one to take chances uh, within reason, as I've told each one of them so far. But it's, it's important that we let them play, uh, but also be there if they need them. You know, and that's, that's kind of how I 
to see things working in competition. Is it kind of like you see a guy, you know, he's he's on the first tee and he he, he drives one dead right, you know, and, and you say his, his elbow flew out. I mean, do you go right up to him and say, hey, you know, you keep that elbow in, that's not going to happen. But but you, you know, if he starts thinking about that elbow, then it's it's going to be really bad. Well, you, and that's where you have to know the player. Yeah, that's where communicating with them is important. Knowing which ones can take all the information, which ones don't want the information. Uh, that's, I think that's a big key. I mean, there's players that seriously, they want you to tell them everything. They want to you know wind direction, what club. They want to hear your opinion completely. And then there's other players that'll tell you, look, I'm good. I'll see you when I get done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you just hired Mike Cato, and I was going to tell you this, and this is this is from the sincerity, you know, the bottom of my heart. I'm sincere about this next statement, but if you had a Mount Rushmore of great guys, great golfers, and just great guys in Eastern North Carolina, and you put these guys up there, Kevin Williams is up there, Mike Cato is up there, and John the Monica at Ironwood is up there, and now you've got Cato on your staff, so you got two pretty good people right there. Well, we're excited about Mike and his impact. Obviously, you know what he's done for junior golf in Eastern North Carolina. I mean, that program at Bradford Creek that he ran for juniors yeah. was pretty incredible. It actually, he garnered an award from the PGA of America as the junior golf leader in the Carolina section, which was that's, that's pretty high praise and a great award for him. And, you know, this I'm going to give you another little fact on Cato. 29 junior golfers in his program have played college golf. Wow. So, obviously, even though he hasn't coached college golf, he knows what it takes. He obviously played college golf. Uh, actually, it was funny. When I first my first stint here at East Carolina coaching the men's team, we actually even talked about him transferring from Wilmington to come play for us. Uh, you know, probably, I don't know if it was an illegal contract. He's one of my junior, junior golfers at Kempston. So, but it, we couldn't because Wilmington at the time we were in the CAA. And so obviously transferring, he wasn't been able to get scholarship money or had to sit out a year. So and we ended up, he ended up not transferring, but yeah, so Cato and I have a lot of history and, uh, you know, when I was helping out at Bradford Creek on the consultant basis, we, we brought Mike to Greenville, uh, to help out Bradford Creek. He was an assistant down at Myrtle Beach. So his background, the guys will love him. I mean, you know that. Yeah, Everybody, yeah. Yeah, loves Cato and he'll be a lot of fun. He'll play with them. He'll, uh, you know, his communication skills are great. So that, that's going to be, uh, really nice. Uh, and for me to somebody I completely trust working alongside of. Uh, it's a great situation for me. Great Mike Cato story. We were both single at the time, and we were at tiebreakers watching the Super Bowl, and it finished up, so we started playing shuffleboard. And two girls came over, and I swear Cato said, you know, Bailey and I are state champions. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I started laughing to myself, and they believed him. So, and, I, I, that, and that's as far as the story goes, but it still it was, it was just funny that Cato would come up with that, that we were, we were state champions at shuffleboard. I don't think there even is a state championship, but if there is one, Cato, I'll go after that state title one of these days. Kevin Williams, the head coach for East Carolina in golf, is our guest. We're going to take a commercial break right now. We're going to come back and continue on with Coach Williams after this. 
You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show. Now, back to Brian. Hi, welcome back on this Monday. We're so glad you're starting your sports week with us here on The Brian Bailey Show. Kevin Williams in his third tenure at East Carolina, the head golf coach at ECU. And I go back with Kevin longer than any coach at East Carolina, way back in 1984, my first night in town. I didn't know anybody in Greenville at all, and I walked down to the intramural fields, and I ran into Kevin Williams. We've told the story before, Kevin, but that that's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, so I was working for the intramural recreational service department on campus, and part of my duty was to supervise the flag football games going on. And I was standing in between two of the fields there, which is now the parking lot on the, uh, I guess that's the north side of the stadium. And, uh, and a lot of people listening probably remember those fields. Well, up comes this guy from Virginia Beach. <laughs> that bushy mustache thing. Yeah, I had the bushy mustache. Yeah. Dark hair. Yeah, yeah. A little portly. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, but we had a we had a great time. We talked for a long time that night, and uh, yeah, I'll never forget that. That was really good. I'm glad that uh, our paths crossed. Uh, we, you know, we did a radio show. I remember doing a radio show when you first started your radio yeah. show. Uh, and, and and so anyway, I, it was just really fun. I was a golfer at Kinston Country Club at the time when we did the radio show, and you probably remember this, but Burt Williams, yeah, uh, a local pro at the time, he called into the show, and uh, obviously he was trying to you know play a joke on both of us. As, you know, obviously we know Burt real well, but uh, you know we were able to catch him at his joke. You know, and, and another thing, uh, you always had it out, had us out to Kinston to play, and we we love going out. There's a great course, the Kinston Country Club, and, and we were out there for a pro am one year, and it was the closest to the pin. I forget which hole it was, but it was so. So I won closest to the pin, and and I three putted from closest to the pin, and you announced it to the whole crowd. You said, you know, congratulations to Brian Bailey. You're closest to the pin. Here's your prize. And I'm not going to tell everybody that he three jacked the putt. But I did. I mean, it was one of those. It was a. It was a bad angle, and it was. Uh, it was. It was ugly. But it was a good shot to start the hole. Just didn't turn out so well. That was fun, though. That was fun. Well, I'll tell you what. We used to have some fun days at Kinston Country Club, and the pro am you're talking about is Jim Rose used to have a big pro am, the ARM pro am, and uh, it was it was just a lot of fun. And those days, you know, Burt Williams worked for me for a little while. Mike Cato was one of my junior golfers growing up. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I remember those days finally for sure. I covered Cato when he was a junior golfer. I remember some of that because uh, he played in the Kinston. Because Kinston had a real big junior tournament, and so and later on, Bramford Creek, you know, had the big. And I think Kinston still has wow. has one. We covered both of those year in and year out for a long time. Well, when Cato was growing up, Kings, right, Kings uh, junior tournament, then Roy Jones came in. Yeah. So it was the Kings, Roy Jones. And obviously when Cato came to Bradford Creek, that was one of the big things he wanted to do was have a big junior tournament. And, uh, you know, the Coastal Plains is still going on. Greenville Country Club hosts it now. And uh, so it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's great that he was able to give back to golf, uh, his impact through junior golf. All right, Kevin, how, how much of an asset is it to have a guy like Harold Varner out on the tour right now and, and as as well as he's doing uh, as a former pirate? How do you use that in recruiting? Well, I, I normally tell the story when uh, it was we announced on Tuesday I was coming back. And obviously I was a little nervous about, like, Harold and some of the former players. Because I've, I've been coaching on the women's side 
for 14 years. Right. How they would take the news of me coming back. And so Monday morning, we were announcing on Tuesday, but obviously they, they let the word out to, to Harold, uh, that I was being hired. And, uh, I, I got a call from him that morning and, uh, I, I cannot repeat what he said on the table. You've been around Harold. Yeah. A lot of excitement. And obviously, he feel real good. And, and I knew Harold, obviously, from his days playing on the men's team when I was coaching the women's side. And Harold's the kind of guy that he makes everybody feel like they're his best friend. Yep. And I'm telling you, Brian, that is, I mean, you know what? Yeah. That's not easy. No. Number one, it's not easy for Harold because a lot of people will want to reach out because it makes him so approachable. Right. But he just makes people feel that way. Mm-hmm. And for him to be a representative of our golf program and his, the pride and the love he has for East Carolina University, uh, it's big. It's big for our program. And every time we can promote it, uh, Pirate Radio does a tremendous job putting out stuff. Uh, on Harold when he plays in tournaments and obviously it was so exciting on Saturday when he was really going low. Uh, unfortunately, a little bit of a hiccup on the 18th hole, but he's great shape. He'll make the event for next week, which is great. Only the top 70 players, uh, play in the event next week. And so, uh, real proud of, uh, the person Harold is the golfer he is and, and the way he represents our university. Man, we'll see him in action this afternoon as the Northern Trust continues. And I think it's on CBS, so uh, be sure to look for that. So that's uh, that'll be a good thing to do for a Monday. Talk about your team a little bit, uh, Kevin. What have you got this year? Well, we're, we're, we're an experienced team. We have, we're going to have five seniors and four juniors, so we're an older team. Uh, we're hopefully, hopefully that's going to make us uh, a team that – you know, obviously can handle pressure situations really well. Uh, we, we just need to change a little bit of the discipline, I think. Uh, you know, we're really going to work really hard in the weight room. I think, obviously, to me, that's a mindset uh, when you, you tackle a weight room with a great mindset. Uh, that, I think that's just going to help us a little bit, have a little bit of an edge. But we got some really good leadership on our team. Uh, Jimbo Stanley, Stephen Carroll, Addie Giles are – a few of the seniors I really look to, to to provide leadership. Steven's an unbelievable player. A.J. Beachler is another senior who's a great player. And, and then we've added some uh, new players. Nick Brown, who uh, some people in Pringle may remember. Yes. But he's, uh, his family moved to Wendell, and he's a grad transfer that's come in. And Nick finished seventh in the North Carolina Amateur, a really good player. And then we have two freshmen, uh, Tyler DeCellis and Clayton, and Part of Boosie from uh, Charlotte that are really good players. Coach Sapp, the former coach, was really high on those two guys. And, and I've gone through and studied everybody, whether it's their, their rounds they've played here in competition as a pirate or if they hadn't played much here, what they did in junior golf. And uh, there's a lot of talent on this team. We've got a big team, 12, 12, probably too many. Obviously, we travel five when we play. And, and so we got a large team, but I, you know, we're, we're going to do some things in different, in practice where we split up in a couple of groups, uh, different times of practice. It'll be a little more like football, you know, how they practice in groups and, uh, positions. And so I think that's going to help us a little bit in practice. And, uh, but there, there'll be some serious competition when we go to qualify for who's going to travel, uh, to represent us in the starting lineup. And when you go with a lineup, you go with five players play and the top four scores count. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. And so, like, our first tournament, it said Duke University, September 10th. We'll play five qualifying rounds, and 
No, coaches do it differently. Some coaches just take their starting five. Some coaches say, oh, okay, the low three scores uh, are in the lineup and the coach picks two. And, you know, starting out fresh and new, I've told the guys, I said, we're going to play five rounds, low five guys. They're the starters. And so uh, it's pretty fair for everybody. And then, you know, obviously we'll exert a little bit more of a uh, – influence over the starting lineup as we go throughout the year probably and that's got to be i mean if i'm a player for you and you tell me that i'm like okay i got five rounds to prove that i should be a starter and if i don't prove it i shouldn't be a starter right right exactly that's the nice thing about our sport you know track and fields that way swimming where they've got times and stuff and golf being a number uh it's great that way i i think it's easier uh what you find though brian the better players are going to play the longer you play. So the, the shorter the qualifier, right. sometimes, sometimes the better players don't come out. Uh, it's just like playing a game over four quarters. you got to play all four quarters of football. You know, you may win that first quarter, but, boy, there's three more to go. And, and so we try to extend the qualifier to make it, you know, four, five, six rounds. That way it tends to identify your best players. And for most of us, you know, I can make a par on that first hole, but I know in my head I'm not making pars on all of those holes. And I think that that's the same thing. I mean, the more you play, you know, the cream rises to the top. Well, I, I kind of want to go back to those stories about you and Kato when y'all were single. <laughs> Kato will probably die. He may end up divorced. If that's not, it really was nothing really happened except for that line. I just always remember that line. I just thought that was just such a great line. They, they were, you know, Bailey and I are state champions, and it always stuck with me. <laughs> I, think, I actually think Cato could be a state champion in cornhole. He's really good at that. I bet. Yeah, he's got that. He's got that look, and he may have been a state champion. Maybe he was telling the truth. He just added me on to the story. But uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Great guy, Kevin Williams, joining us, talking East Carolina Pirate Golf. When's your season get started? And, and I know you said you started at Duke. Yeah, we start September 10th at Duke. I, I hate it on the miss the uh, South Carolina game, and I obviously have some friends coming up from uh, my time that's two years in Columbia. But you know, I've been predicting a, a pirate win. I've watched Gamecock football the last two years, and unless they find somebody that can throw the ball, I, I don't think they're going to beat us. Uh, I, I really feel I, I feel good about our team. I told uh, actually, I know we're talking golf. But I'm going to talk football. Go ahead. I, I see. I see a different. We have the look. Yeah. You look at our team and the weight room and stuff, and I hadn't been around them much, but I was telling Cliff Alwyn this the other day, and I told him, I said, we look different mm-hmm. than, I, than, than I remember when I was here two years ago. We look different. We look the part, and I, I'm real excited. I think Mike and him, I think we're going to have a good year, to be honest with you. I, I like uh, you know how we look, and I, I think we've got great leadership with and, and, you know, I, I, and we got a lot of guys back on all. Yep. So it, it, it'll be good. Yeah. Should be a lot of fun. All kicks off September the 2nd, East Carolina Appalachian State at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. Kevin, thanks so much for the time. We certainly appreciate it. Drive safe today and uh, travel safe today, and uh, we'll catch you soon. Thanks, Brian. Take care, bud. All right. Take care. Kevin Williams, the golf coach at East Carolina. We'll come back and wrap things up on this edition of the Brian Bailey Show for you right after this.
You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show. Now, back to Brian. All right, welcome back as we wrap up this edition of The Brian Bailey Show. I want to thank East Carolina head football coach Mike Houston for being with us in the first half hour. I want to thank Kevin Williams, East Carolina golf coach, in his third tenure at East Carolina for being our guest today. Coming up next week, Danny Morrison with the Charlotte Sports Foundation, executive director of the Duke's Mayo Classic. He will join us coming up next week as we get you set for game day for East Carolina. Remember, game day is set for September the 2nd against Appalachian State, so we'll preview the Duke's Mayo Classic. App State, East Carolina on that Thursday, on that Saturday, Georgia and Clemson as college football kicks off. That's our Brian Bailey Show for this Monday. We'll see you back here next week. This has been The Brian Bailey Show, brought to you by Angus Grill, Classic Sub Furniture, Bojangles, East Coast Grady, The Gavigan Agency, Greenville Auto World, Papa John's, Pepsi, Seared Chop House, Tap Taps and Hagler, Tiebreakers, BMS Builders, and The Rick House. Join us next time for another edition of The Brian Bailey Show, exclusively on Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation.